0: Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the leftist podcast dedicated to the
1: reevaluation of all your favorite crappy films. I'm Nick, and I'm Lewis. And uh, joining us today, we have good friend Paul DeBryden, assistant professor of German at the University of Virginia. Hey, Paul.
2: Hey, Lewis and Nick. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, you've you've
0: chosen a very interesting movie for us <laughs> to talk about today. Have I? Have I though? yeah we'll we'll make it interesting yeah
1: okay (laughs) i think so i think that will make it interesting i'm not sure uh if the film is interesting but uh, we can
0: we can agree on that much um yeah so paul why don't you introduce the movie for us
2: sure uh so so i i uh i teach in the german department at uva i'm a i'm a film history uh specialist but really really silent period um so this is not my my wheelhouse exactly um but when you all asked uh, you know, for a film that was either uh, critically panned or, or failed at the box office. Uh, this is what immediately came to mind. So um, I, I chose The, the, the Tourist by uh, Florian Graf Henkel von Donnersmark. Uh, von Donnersmark is a, is a German director who is, who is known uh, most for the lives of others. Uh, that was his, his big breakthrough. Uh, and this was his, his Hollywood follow-up to that
1: yeah it's really interesting so uh von donners or you know i'm just going to call him florian from here uh yeah. florian makes Flo- Lives of others in 2006 and then four years later he makes the tourist and you know with a lot of european directors you might see them make like two or three european films and then transition to hollywood but he just goes immediately into hollywood filmmaking um and i think this it makes sense and uh once we get a little bit more into who uh florian is um so paul, can you tell us a little bit more about um about sure. florian so
2: so um uh, as you might have guessed from the the faun uh he is uh a, a part of an aristocratic family um the you know the wikipedia makes makes clear to uh, to include the Graf as part of his name, which means count uh, so he's uh, he's a count uh, and of course he is. Uh, so the, his family is from uh, Silesia, uh, which was a part of Germany until uh, the end of the second world war and now it's uh, now it's part of part of Poland um, and uh, he he studied film in Munich uh, where at a school that, that a lot of uh, pretty well-known West German directors uh, studied at uh, people like Wim Wenders, and um, and yeah. So, Lives of Others was his his first film uh, film about a, a Stasi uh, surveillance operative who who uh, surveils a uh, a playwright uh, and and sort of um, gets a little too involved uh, or a little too attached to his his subject. Um, and uh, we can we can kind of see a little, you know, little nod to that uh, that theme of surveillance in in the tourist as well. I think uh,
0: another notable name um, from his alma mater is Rowan Emmerich. I'm seeing um, so that's kind of <laughs> nice. more on, yes, that's kind of more on his wavelength than uh, than mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, he, he's you were you were telling us about about um, about Florian, and apparently he's kind of like fail son extraordinaire.
2: Well, I mean, I think we, we, you know, I think that he he hasn't, as, as you said, Lewis, he hasn't like done all that much. Um, he's not not a prolific filmmaker. Uh, I think that partly has to do with how, how well um, the lives of others was received. It, it won the best foreign film Oscar in Two thousand seven, And so it sort of like propelled him Mm -hmm. all the way, you know, all the way to the the top of of what, you know, a a German director might hope for uh, with with a with a film that that gets an international reception. Um, And, you know, he's only made two films since then, The Tourist. um, And then last year he made a film called. Uh, i think in, in english it 's called never look away uh, which goes back to his more uh high minded um themes of of art and politics uh whereas this one in the middle is is uh much, much let 's say much lighter than that um, <laughs> but as but he hasn 't you know he 's not he's not uh he 's not super prolific um and uh we you know we found a, an interview um of of him uh, in Davos for instance so he you know he he makes the rounds in these kinds yes. of these kinds of circles in the meantime when he's not not making movies
1: yeah it seems like that's really all he does um so i had found uh, some different snippets from national review articles over the years um, they are all by Jay Nordlinger, who is the senior. Yeah, Nordlinger editor.
2: is really taken by Buffalo. Yeah. He <laughs> loves him.
0: He's got a little bit of a crush. Yeah, on, on, our, on our big boy, our yeah, big he... boy. Who, by the way, he stands over two meters tall. Yeah,
2: six nine. Or uh, yeah, big, big boy, boy
0: for all, our, all you Americans out there in the audience.
1: Yeah, plus his hair as well. Uh, <laughs> Google it, folks. It's ridiculous. It's like a racer head. Uh, combined with like the original uh theatrical uh cats uh just yeah yes uh and and like frankenstein's bride as well um he yeah so he um met jay nordlinger in davos uh, and then nordlinger went on to interview him a few years later uh in 2008 um it's actually a piece called "Florian's World." Uh, I found it. I had to look through the National Review archives.
2: Actually, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't those. actually find the the original article. So good work there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah damn. Uh, I, I I had to go to um, yeah uh, academic uh, database to uh, to find that actually. <laughs> Your text dollars at, at work, folks. <laughs> it's harder than I tried. Yeah. This snippet I thought was incredible. Uh, I just want to read this to give you a little bit of flavor of uh, Florian. And then we promise folks we'll get into the actual film itself. Um, <laughs> or maybe we don't. To save you, we won't. But who knows? <laughs> we'll, we'll spend at least five minutes on it. Then we can move past it if we need to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Nordlinger writes, What about Donner's Mark's politics? He is clear and direct. I want the government to stay as far out of my life as humanly possible. His father was and is an anti-communist and disciple of the economist Hayek. Amazing. Just amazing. Yes. Oh my uh, God. His mother was different. Part of a socialist youth movement early on. In college, they even called her Red Anna. <laughs> uh, Donersmark says that he had the Cold War every night at his dinner table. He had a frustration shared by many. The success of socialists in portraying the Nazis as diametrically opposite them damn what a reach (laughs) oh it gets better uh (laughs) he says that people ought to be reminded that socialism was part of the nazis very name (laughs) Uh (laughs) oh he's one of those people uh he is against any system that forbids the individual to live his life to the full and he is determined that communism in europe and elsewhere will not be perfumed we must make sure to remember that it was a nightmare because, as we know, ideologies do make cyclical reappearances. It's incredibly important that we don't allow people to romanticize communism and that we call it what it is, an anti-man religion completely contrary to freedom. Th- this is a Facebook rant. <laughs> this is like, this is your embarrassing
0: 70-year-old uncle's Facebook rant.
2: Like well, on well, they, an AOC article. You know, and he, he leaves out some crucial context here. Which is that the 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 socialists uh, after defeating the Nazis expropriated his family, right? <laughs> um, so so, I mean that might have something to do with his father's anti communism. Yeah, I would imagine. Little, yeah, uh, but that is not that's not really that's not really mentioned in this uh, hmm. this little bit. I here. wonder why. <laughs>
0: but this proves that socialists are just so hot that like even even the, the aristocracy like falls in love with them. <laughs>
1: yeah that's true red anna yeah. you know yeah, right. mm-hmm. totally.
0: she won him over um so i guess just to get back to the tourist for for a quick sec um that there are two big names in this movie notably angela jolie and johnny depp um they were they were at the height of their 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 fame i think or at least plateauing at this time in 2010 when the movie came out um also in the movie some of the big names are paul bet uh paul bettany uh timothy dalton uh, and then just some other names here, Steven Burkhoff, Rufus Sewell, Sewell, Sewell. Uh,
1: I don't know. He's yeah, like fairly well-known. Yeah, criminally uh,
2: underused in this. In this film. Yeah, I yeah. mean,
1: I, I thought he was going to have a bigger part, but I guess that's also the that's point. That's sort of the point,
2: but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, Igor Zizhenky, um Vladimir Orlov, Vladimir Tevlovsky, Alec Utgov, and Mark Zak.
1: I included those Russians. Um, yes. They are the henchmen, and you guys might want to explain their character names uh, to the audience because I didn't pick up on this because I'm illiterate, but you guys picked up on it. Um, the
0: character, the the Vladimir's Alec and Mar- and Mark play characters called um, Lebyedkin, Liputin, Fedka, and Shagelov, which are from uh, Dostoevsky's Demons.
2: Uh, yeah and that he this this is a, I, I think part of part of uh Engel von Marx mark's kind of like high minded um, you know love of art sort of humanist love of of bourgeois art and and mm-hmm. he can't can't help himself in in uh, uh, naming his faves in in whatever film he's doing
1: yeah I mean he name drops proust uh, yeah, when exactly. uh, they go to the hotel and who else i don't remember
2: balzac i think yes balzac, yep
1: yep he name drops those guys uh <laughs> in a random scene where people enter a hotel room they they literally just say like oh this is our most expensive hotel room Proust stayed here balzac stayed here yeah. and now
0: you johnny depper that's <laughs> <laughs>
1: incredible
2: well it, do, it does sort of get to the um the the heart of the film which is really a it is literally a tourist fantasy right where yeah, right? right it's meant for your 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 middle class viewer who who want you know dreams of of going to paris and venice and uh seeing those famous sites where those those famous writers uh, had coffee and uh you know did all that all that interesting stuff
1: yeah no i think it's it's very similar to like uh woody allen's midnight in paris um except that one really like you know yes, just, totally, it keeps yeah. throwing it at you it keeps throwing it, oh do you know this artist do you know that artist do you know that poet whereas this is just you know <laughs> it kind of peppers it throughout a bit
0: yeah i guess this one's more real like plausible and realistic in the sense of like most tourists would just hear names dropped and they wouldn't like get this like barrage of a historical yeah. lesson
1: thrown at them they wouldn't go back in time and and meet uh toulouse Lautrec. what yeah yeah <laughs> right. that, that too yeah <laughs> um but yeah so this film uh was actually a box office um well, I don't want to say smash but it made it made its budget back so it was made for 100 million uh box office uh, pull of 278.3 million so you know not bad but I was surprised by that
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's like one of those nice movies that people can just like go to on a sunday i think
1: yeah, sure. and plus it's PG-13 as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, you get um all those all those teens who uh who might love Angelina Jolie and Johnny Depp and then get shanghaied into watching this movie.
0: <laughs> well, this movie did win several teen choice awards.
1: <laughs>
0: so I you're, yeah, that is that is correct. Uh, incredible. Um, the This is also pretty, pretty spot on in terms of our critical appraisal for choosing movies. Uh, It has a 20% on the tomato meter and a 42% audience score. Um, So like kind of lower to middling range that we, that we tend to look for on the show. Yeah.
1: And you know what? I know a ton of people who would like this movie. You know, if I showed some of my relatives this movie and I said, and I said, I thought this was a good movie. They'd be like, I agree with you. This is a great movie. They might buy it on DVD. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll get it. I I kind of disagree, but we can get into that when we get into the plot breakdown. It's then. it's sort of inoffensive. It's
2: sort of harmless and inoffensive, yeah. you know. Uh, and and it's got it's got faces, it's got locations, and uh, I think that's enough for for a lot of folks.
0: What it does not have is the support of one David Cronenberg, <laughs> who. Name dropped it in an interview in De Spiegel saying it's like this is this is an example of awful waste of money big budget crap
2: right well, something this movie does do is uh make you if you if you do start to think about better directors um you're just constantly thinking about how much better this this material could have have been uh been done um i mean it's it's not terribly interesting on its own but but to think about um, having a Cronenberg or a, a De Palma, uh, you know, yeah. another, another uh, Hitchcock uh, disciple uh, take on this material, you know, could could have uh, could have done something with it at least.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think of. Um, Brian de Palma he did something similar um, so this film is a remake of a 2005 French film called Anthony Zimmer um, uh, Brian de Palma remade a film called a French film called love crimes um, for his film passion um, and you know I, I I can't speak to love crimes I haven't seen it but I, I know Brian de Palma's passion is is great one of his, his better late works Um but, you know, it's it's pretty bare-bones plot. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of the De Palma's stock and trade. So, um, yeah, it's um, there's, there's another timeline out there, folks, where Brian De Palma directed The Tourist in 2010. Um, but I don't know. I think maybe, I don't know what he was doing in 2010. Actually, he might have been making Passion, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, this is elevated schlock without being elevated. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. There's no one to elevate it. Is not a single person to elevate this thing? No, <laughs> no. Uh,
0: so I guess it's time to dive into um, the plot. The the bear, this this non elevated schlock. Um, uh, yeah, Paul, take it away. I'm gonna throw this one back at you. Sure.
2: So yeah, I'll I'll start it off. Maybe you can you can pick up at some point. So so we start uh, we start in Paris. There are some uh, some dudes in a van surveilling. Uh, Angelina Jolie, kind of ogling her um, and and following her around with with cameras, um, and she's she's kind of dressed as like a like a movie star, like a movie star slash spy. Uh, she sits down at a cafe where she receives a note from a courier um, that gives her instructions to take a certain train to Venice. Um, she burns the note. And the uh, the surveillance guys uh, recover the the ashes, but but she gets away um, and uh, gets on the train, um, and they're they're trying to to, to pursue her. Um, it turns out these these uh, French police are are working with uh, Scotland Yard, and they're all looking for someone named Alexander Pierce. Um, who uh, we we gather Angelina Jolie's character has some some connection with, uh, and they're they're following her to get to him.
0: Yeah, it should be noted that this is a pre Brexit movie, so like all of the Interpol agents are friendly. It's got one yard still. <laughs> like, that's... Right. Good um, point. But yeah, and uh, Angelina Jolie, she she's walking on the train and she spots someone presumably who fits the build and the general features of Alexander Pierce and of course it's uh johnny
1: depp our titular our, our titular tourist yeah um, he becomes her mark basically
2: right so part of the plan is that she'll identify someone who looks enough like pierce um that that it'll it'll fool uh the the police into thinking that that it is actually pierce um, apparently he's uh he's known for changing his appearance and so they're not sure what he looks like um but they uh they uh, are put on to Johnny Depp's character by, by Angelina Jolie and and think that he is Pierce.
1: Yeah, and we get a little taste of it earlier too because when the courier gives Angelina Jolie the note, they're like, get that guy, get that guy. He might be Alexander Pierce. Um, and he's just an Algerian bike messenger. I actually thought he kind of looked like Algerian Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> yes yeah that's that's good um so yeah they they, they 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 like arrest him so they're just like they have no idea um they set that up well but of course you know like this film does constantly uh squanders um,
0: it's also just like very boring to watch because when when they're on the train and um and Julie is like kind of being flirty and, and trying to pull like, like deliberately trying to overtly flirt with Johnny Depp and like but still be mysterious. And he he's like falling over himself because he's self-conscious and everything. But then they're also being spied on by some Interpol agents. There's just like elevator music playing and it's shot really flatly and boring. And, um,
1: I don't know. Like I, I could see people falling asleep during this, during this movie. Yeah, that's Honestly. fair. I mean, you know, that whole scene is kind of just your, your usual shot, reverse shot when they're talking. Yeah. Um, it, uh, you know even when the interval agents are like taking a photo of them like they don't really do anything interesting with that you know the use of like surveillance technology there's only like one interesting shot with surveillance technology uh in the first scene when like the surveillance agents are watching Angelina Jolie from their van they're watching her on a screen and we can see her through the windshield in the background like it's it's a really interesting scene with you know foreground background middle ground um but then like I don't With, know like, various like frames. Yeah, and, like yeah, very Brian De Palma. But then we never get anything like that ever again. You know, I think like maybe Von Donner's marks like second unit director directed that shot, and then
2: Donner's Mark did the rest of this movie. Right, well, it's strange because I mean that 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 whole um, setup obviously invokes the lives of others, which is a, a surveillance movie, basically. Right. It, it, it's it's very Hitchcockian in, in that kind of like. Brian De Palma way, where it it's like adapting um, this this theme of surveillance and and um, transferring uh, like Hitchcockian tropes into into the GDR, um, but then it you know and he sort of like starts that at the beginning here, but it doesn't really it doesn't really like follow through.
1: Yeah, we lose so many of the like classic elements, or even the modern elements of surveillance once we're past the first act i would say honestly um you know there could be so much done with like hacking into you know security cam footage stuff like that you know just i don't even know like drones like you know, I, anything but they do absolutely nothing past the first scene where they have a camera that pokes out at the top of a van um and that's really all i could think of
0: yeah and that's kind of really um that that omission's kind of really highlighted, I think, after they they get off the train and then Angelina Jolie, she's like, Oh, come with me to the hotel. And this is where they go to the hotel where Balzac and, and Proust had stayed. Um and there's a there's a chase scene right after that of Johnny Depp running around in his pajamas, just like on like like across the, the rooftops in yes. the hotel. Yeah. And it, it it's just so boring and it's so limp and like I don't know. In like, like, there's, there's nothing to it. He's literally just like, amble. It's very slow too. This whole movie is so damn slow, and just like, the way the action proceeds, it's, it's very ponderous. And the way, Johnny Depp plays like the everyman is very like, quiet. Yeah, I'm here. I'm just, I'm just right. I'm just talking.
1: And you know, and to, and to circle back on the surveillance aspect, I literally think they have like guys using binoculars to look at him while he's on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, yes. like I don't even think there's a single like security camera or surveillance camera in this moment. Like, Angelina Jolie sees him when she's crossing a bridge, and then like some of the Italian Interpol guys. Like when they're not eating their gabagool sandwiches, like get old timey, like opera binoculars out to look at him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like fancy brass binoculars.
2: <laughs> uh, so he, she's trying to maintain this ruse of, of him being Pierce. And so she takes him to her hotel room um, where they have like a profoundly unsexy uh, interaction um, he falls asleep has a kind of wet dream about her and then <laughs> yes. wakes up and and she's she's gone she's left him you know on his own and, and then he's it turns out you know he f- f- discovers that he's being chased by murderers which which uh, gives us the the third element of this this uh situation which is the the mobsters that pierce used to work for who he's stolen from who are or now cha- also after after pierce uh and they think johnny depp is also pierce
1: right yeah and that's where we get the the russians so the russians are um well i guess the actual gangster uh played by stephen Burkhoff named reginald reginald shaw uh he's english but his like his bodyguards and you know hitmen guys or they're all the russians who are named after dostoevsky characters yeah dostoevsky uh
0: larpers <laughs> um i guess we should also mention uh paul bettany he's he's like the interpol the skull and yard agent that's like in charge of the case he's the one that's um kind of directing all the surveillance thing that like the surveillance stuff that doesn't really exist but we, we see brief snatches of in the beginning and his superior who's in charge of i guess him or like like the director of, of scotland yard is timothy dalton so they kind of go for the half-assed bond um like reference there but timothy dalton's barely in it he's he makes an appearance in the beginning in the end and i literally think that's it
1: uh yeah maybe like throughout once or twice but i think he literally just like signs paperwork that's it yeah. until he has his final command at the end the kind of deus ex machina almost but um
0: yeah he kinda, he kind of is at the end yeah
1: um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's just, it, again, he's just a face for people to say, oh, hey, wasn't he Bond once? I mean, that's really right.
2: Yeah. So I mean, it, and it, it does, like, I think, in a lot of ways, like, some, it does something that this film does in a lot of different directions which is gesture towards toward much better things yeah um, yep. and, and make you think yep. of them and compare them to this this film so so it does nod toward bond which is it also has you know so this film also has kind of spy elements. Um, but but Bond, Bond films are always also tourism films where you the part of the pleasure is, is getting to see Bond uh, dressed up in these nice suits in, in all sorts of different locations and doing all sorts of kind of uh, bourgeois sports like skiing and water skiing mm-hmm. and, and whatever it is. But um, this film I think you know tries to do some of that, but it, it it's drained of all all tension and, and action and Uh, and sexiness
1: yeah that's for sure i mean you know like you said there's there's a wet dream scene uh but even that like you know they really it's it's this movie could almost be PG rated, honestly. I don't even oh, know totally, yeah. what
2: made it PG thirteen. Uh she says fuck
1: maybe once, I think. That maybe the cause it.
2: the monster like kills his henchmen or something.
0: Shaw yeah. strangles one of his henchmen because oh, he's like,
2: You
1: failed me, yeah. you won't fail me again. Yeah, that, that classic kill your henchman thing who fails you. Yeah, yeah. That's probably it. The probably the, the amount of violence. But I mean Oh, also, also
0: the one pressure thing in the movie, which is vaping. Yes. Um, Johnny, Depp, Johnny Depp explains <laughs> a vape and I maybe maybe showing johnny depp like jack sparrow smoking a vape. shit that's and possible
1: and it looks it's an old school e-cigarette that actually looks like a cigarette too so it's yeah. possible they got the pg-13 for that damn but yeah there's like there's no nudity there's no sexiness like we don't even see angeline jolie like in any kind of lingerie like she has like a like a nightgown on in like the the wet dream sequence
0: Yeah, which is really surprising for a movie of this caliber, I guess. Like, you you would think they would go for the cheesecake shots as much as possible.
1: Right. I mean, like, I'm sure even Mr. and Mrs. Smith have stuff like that in it. I mean, or literally any movie she's in around this time. Like Salt, that movie Salt. Remember Mm -hmm. that one? Yeah. That spy one? Yeah. 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 I don't get it.
0: Part of the the frustration (laughs) that I have with this movie is, like, I kind of forget a lot of what happens next up until the climax. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I
2: know, none of it matters. You know. <laughs> yeah, he,
0: he Johnny Depp gets arrested because he's running around in his PJs on the roof. Um, he rides on a boat. The corrupt Italian police tries to sell him to the mobsters. Angelina Jolie saves him. She tries to send him back to America. She saves him in the most
1: like, uninspired fucking boat chase yeah. sequence I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah
0: it, it's like the disney ride version of the boat chase from indiana jones and the last crusade
1: yes it's it's awful um it has an interesting enough like setup um johnny depp is handcuffed to one speedboat uh, to the railing and then angelina jolie tethers her speedboat that she's driving to his speedboat um and then gangsters shoot at them. Gangsters jump onto their speedboats. Um, but it it is definitely shot in the most lifeless way possible. It, it almost even seems like they're going like three miles per hour. Um, they are going slow enough to be chased on foot by the, <laughs> the Russian hench, <engine. laughs> right?
0: Yeah, and then after that, I guess, like, she tries to send him back to America because she's like, I shouldn't have gotten involved in this. Go back to... Wisconsin or wherever the fuck you're from. He's um, a
1: math teacher uh at, yeah. at a community college in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um but he's like, No, I love you and and that's kind of that's where I officially dropped out of the movie. It's like it it it's such a it's such like I I'm I kinda hate this term I'm gonna use it like middle brow pandering. It's like, oh yeah, you can just go to Europe, I be a tourist on your vacation, and then the sexiest woman in the world will fall in love with you and she'll save you and you'll have a cool chase scene. That's not too dangerous, but like she'll help you get out of it anyway. And like, and that's it go home.
2: Yeah. It's pretty blatant. I mean, they, 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 they uh, set that up very, very unsubtly in the, in the, in the initial train meeting, right. Where he's, he's literally like reading spy, a spy novel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and she's, she's styled up as this movie star. Uh, and so you have this, this, um, kind of like a primordial confrontation between movie star and normal guy and uh and as the viewer you get to imagine yourself uh being being approached by angelina jolie
1: But the craziest part is she falls in love with him too like that is when it's like i'm sorry the suspension of disbelief here has just like gone through the fucking roof i i just i couldn't do that anymore um of course like you know it it helps that he is johnny depp and he looks like johnny depp right so like you can believe that um on that level but that's
0: what like normie guys in 2010 like aspired to be like like, that's what they perceived as like cultured and, and bohemian and like what people like angelina jolie would be into
2: yeah, but I mean, I, I suppose you could think of it all uh, making more sense retrospectively, uh, given the, the twist that follows. So there, there's, the, you know, the final yes. confrontation with the the mobsters where there's a there's I, I forget how they get there, but there's a safe and they want uh, they want her to open the safe to to get the, the right. money or whatever. Uh, and um, Johnny Depp's character shows up and. uh they The Interpol kills the mobsters and but before they come in, it turns out that Johnny Depp's character knows the code that only Alexander right. Pierce would know and twist Johnny Depp has been <laughs> Alexander Pierce all along um, yeah. I mean this is the kind of movie that if you know that I think I knew that there was a twist and if you know that there's a twist you immediately know what the twist is like as you start watching the movie um so it was it was pretty clearly telegraphed to me at least that that Johnny Depp was was actually the guy they were looking for all along um but there's a way that 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 final twist undermines the entire fantasy of the movie, right, where mm-hmm. you he's supposed to be this normal guy who that who Angelina Jolie falls in love with, but it turns out no, he wasn't a normal guy <laughs> at all the right. whole time. So <laughs> normal guys go, you know, go fuck yourselves. Um, there's this would never happen, you know.
0: That that's like the insidious brilliant like secret of this movie because even as it undermines its own conceit, um it further like buttresses its ideology because like normie guys think uh, like normie 2010 guys who think they're johnny depp think like oh yeah like like kind of like a father's know his best attitude right like they had it under control like all the they had it under control the whole time like they they got one over the sexy spy who's in love with them so that like makes them even better
2: (laughs) i just want to state definitively this should have been a, a keanu role Hundred percent for me. Damn. I, I mean, this—he this, would have done this so much better, uh, so much more charmingly. I—that's—that's I, mm-hmm. that's just my own my own read.
1: But. Yeah, you know, I'm actually fine with like replacing a lot of Johnny Depp's more recent roles with just like Keanu Reeves. Um, I think, obviously, like. Maybe I would say like post pirates, like any movie Johnny Depp the, made. The understated
2: Johnny Depp, like the the extreme right. Johnny Depp, you know, where he goes more into like Nick Cage territory. That's a different mm-hmm. thing, right? This yeah. this kind of role could be could be better done by 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 our man Keanu.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah could, that, that that's a that's kind of a choice I never would have picked, but that really works. Thinking about it, yeah. Um, Keanu, I if think you're listening. <laughs> the Taurus remake yeah, the remake, 20- remake the remake
2: <laughs>
0: uh angelina Jolie is pretty good she's serviceable she's not doing anything like crazy but she she does what's asked of her she
1: has a british accent as well mm-hmm. yeah. um, right
2: that that gets to this odd the odd relationship of this film to to like national origin which i i mean i suppose it's it's pretty yep. pretty run of the mill nowadays to have british actors playing americans but we generally don't go in the other direction that much anymore um Mm -hmm. but but uh angelina jolie does that in this movie also uh johnny depp's character is supposed to have been originally british like alexander pierce is british but then you know so he doesn't have so part of his ruse is that he no longer has a british accent Um, and then obviously you have the the british mobster who is supposed to actually be a russian mobster clearly um yeah but is right. british for no apparent reason um
0: yeah that that's another little element to this to like the the characterization that's in this movie like it plays to this vague idea um that like the world stage sees americans as very like charmingly provincial and, and like they're, they're the tourists of the world but like that that is flipped on its head again at the end when when there like is no American character in the movie, even though it, it's right. ostensibly about a, an American tourist. Yes, right.
2: I mean, it's it's sort of um, hinted at. I think so. There's this this like dumb motif of him knowing how to do knots, uh, oh, like sailors yeah. knots, <laughs> yes. which which you don't. I don't know. I only kind of realized that in retrospect. Oh, they were like trying to give me a clue, I guess. Um, but right. but they don't ever tell you that alexander pierce was a sailor or something like you right. don't you, it's not that you are know that and then are able to pick up on it but they just sort of he just throws in a couple moments where johnny depp inexplicably knows how to how to tie a sailor's knot
1: yeah and i think that makes sense probably to someone like florian who like maybe you know grew up oh with yes right yeah he definitely family knows how to make a sailor's like knot. that right you know 100%. on the regatta yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: So he just thinks oh you know everybody will get this everybody everybody had the family yacht yeah. uh everybody <laughs> who knows that i'm better than them and knows how to that i know how to tie knots yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: other motif like the literally the only other motif that they go into is or that they show is um of course the vape and then that kicks off the whole conversation the quote-unquote first conversation between these two characters um and Angelina Jolie basically is like really dismissive and snobby towards his vape. She's like, I, "You should, you should do what your heart really wants. Like, you, if you want to smoke a goddamn real tobacco cigarette, you should do that." Yep. He's like, hmm, Well, okay. If I if I can find my balls sometime, like I'll I'll do I'll do it." And later on, when he gets more confidence and he dresses up in a in a tuxedo to go to the ball with her, we see a shot of him smoking a cigarette, and it's supposed to be this hint that like, uh, yeah. oh, he's. His his moxie's getting coming back or something mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. right, yeah, yeah, right. a real uh reddit like r slash like movie details, <laughs> yes. yeah, that's for sure,
0: damn, yeah, uh, I don't know, not not the worst movie we've seen for the show, but
1: it's
2: not great <laughs> yeah no, not, <laughs> great, <laughs> yeah. not not great, not
1: great folks, not great, I actually thought we were gonna watch the film Mordecai um with Johnny Depp when when Paul was like oh let's watch The Tourist like I just for some reason maybe it's like the facial hair that he has in Mordecai in this movie are like weird I don't know um I mean obviously it's it's much weirder like handlebar mustache in Mordecai but that's also like one of those international you know Mm -hmm. kind of caper films um so when I when I loaded this film up on Netflix I was like this is not Mordecai (laughs) oh no (laughs) what is this
0: yeah this movie reminded me of um what's the well not regarding henry but the one we watched around the uh the mexican oh it is similar to the mexican it, it's as uninspired as the mexican it just has like kind of kind of limp tourist like production value like tourism production value yeah. and like that's that's it just like horribly miscast
1: people right and you know that's where verbinski and that's verbinski trying to do the coen brothers you know and then this is florian right. trying to do you know de palma, de palma or hitchcock probably most yeah. likely hitchcock um or even like you know um there's kind of even elements of like uh stanley donan's like charade in this movie Um, You know, especially the international locales and, um, you know, the the leads. Um, But it's all just illusions of grandeur.
2: And it's funny, though, that there there are also parts of the plot that you don't you don't ever see. So, So Johnny Depp's character is supposed to have had a 20 million plastic surgery like transformation yes. <laughs> of his face which again i was like oh give give that to cronenberg i want to see yeah i want to see some some schlub get turned into <laughs> or preferably oh, Keanu and,
0: Reeves. in that scene where there was like a big fireplace in that room and like they it could have gotten melted off or something like i don't yes. know what lots of wasted lots of wasted potential or
1: br- right. like brian it, de palma mission impossible into you a know? body
2: horror film yeah
1: yeah yeah it's just there's there's a lot of opportunities a lot of missed opportunities here um because you know uh florian even said himself after he made lives of others that he he did an interview with vulture and he said he just wanted to make a a light film he just said i thought it would be good for me and my viewers if i made something light not something very heavy um so this fits the bill um, you know, Jolie made it because uh, she wanted something that uh, wasn't a long shoot and a nice location for her family. That's what she told told Vogue. So, you know, I think it's just not even a passion project. It's just like a project. It's just like these people are bored and they have to do something yeah, fair um, enough. and they want to do it in nice locations. Yeah.
0: Getting very meta-textual because she's she's was a tourist for the tourists. Yeah, like, uh, she was a tourist. Yeah,
1: they're all they're their all their were intention. just tourists for the tourists. All it's all. really they're just like I haven't been to Paris in a while. I haven't been to Venice in a while. Let's let's make this fucking dumb movie. um But you know it's still nominated for three Golden Globes. Like somehow and
0: several Teen Choice
1: Awards se- <laughs> <laughs> and it won those. I think crazy
0: yeah it went, it won one of them it won not the golden Globes folks.
1: it didn't win that but
2: who, so do we know who runs the Teen Choice awards like
0: it's Nickelodeon isn't it?
2: Oh okay
1: probably the same person who runs like the uh the Youth for Biden like Twitter account, oh, yeah. like, so there's <laughs> some like
2: national teen election who are like elected you know they're elected to, to the committee of the of the Teen Choice awards
0: actually <laughs> it's actually on it was broadcasted on Fox, oh. Yeah, I I could have there, swore Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Yeah, a,
1: there is some kind of it's a Kids Choice kids, Awards. Oh, it's the kids. You know? Yeah, you're right. It's the Kids Choice Awards. Yeah, St-
0: strong generational divide.
2: <laughs> kids reject the tourist <laughs> with extreme prejudice. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The kids. Jesus. The kids
1: nominated uh, Brian De Palma's Passion from 2012 <laughs> instead. <Exactly.
0: laughs> okay, so it won. Uh, movie actor action Johnny Depp and movie actress action Angelina Jolie um
1: was it just a slow year for action films like I, I I can't remember you know specific I'm terrible with years that's my big downfall but
0: primarily Scott Pilgrim and Fast Five were the other ones how the fuck didn't like come on
1: I don't but, know. Uh, yeah, shouldn't don't the Fast Five know. for any of the Fast and Furious movies like shouldn't they just always win at the Teen Choice Awards? Aren't teens actually seeing those films? You'd think. Uh, Fast
0: Five won the Choice Movie for Action. Yeah, so that but, just
1: doesn't make any fucking
2: sense. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So you, you know what? You know what? Other better thing this this oddly reminded me of. Did you all see Certified Copy, the Kurosawa yes. film? Yes. No. Also, mm-hmm. also from twenty ten. That's which right which involves like a weird relationship that that transforms oddly kind of throughout the Shit. movie um, which i don't yes. i that that movie i don't want to you know i don't want to spoil it but but uh but go see that see, yeah see certified copy certified copy I agree. is awesome
1: that is the that's the art house version of yeah. the tourist, definitely, <laughs> with more of so like a mindfuckery as well. So like good. they think this is a mindfuckery, but like that whole movie after like the first ten minutes, you're just like, I don't understand this relationship. But yeah,
2: it's got it's, the locations, it's got the actors, it's got the mindfuckery. It's 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 brilliant.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely see that, folks. Um, that was on streaming for a while, but I'm not sure if it is anymore. Buy a copy, folks. Hmm. I think it's like Criterion or something. Go buy it.
0: Um, so I guess do we want to go into workers of note now? Yeah, I think that's it have, for the plot. I mean,
1: I think we put a sniper bullet through this plot like the, uh, the the Scotland Yard agents do through the Russians' heads at the end. So I think I think we're good.
0: Yeah, the quick and boring resolution yeah. to, we're t- to the, the, the would-be Mexican stand. Yeah, of.
1: where Timothy Dalton comes in and he says, fire, and then uh, the snipers yeah, he, shoot.
0: He he just shuts down Paul Bettany. He's like, "Oh, no, we're not going to play with their lives anymore. Just shoot, take take them down yeah. now." And that's it.
1: And I will say Paul Bettany's definitely our our fail son for the episode. Yeah. yeah. Um we've got to point that out. He um yeah, it's just a total uh, fuck up. Scotland Yard agent um Christopher Macquarie, uh the screenwriter actually said that he wanted to make Scotland Yard appear stupid, as stupid as they truly are. Uh, because he said, "When my baby poodle was stolen as a child, they didn't lift a finger to locate her, despite all the letters <laughs> I sent."
2: I mean, that's a joke, right? That's got to be a joke. I don't
1: know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I I hope it's not Chris <laughs> Marquary. If you're listening, please write in. Oh,
2: yeah. I, I mean, you got to respect that grudge, right?
1: Yeah. A,
0: a cab text the tourist.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> Yeah, just a cab because the police expropriated my my estate. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> it's it's all cops are bastards, but not private security personnel
2: yeah, right,
0: exactly. that
1: every yeah. every feudal landlord can hire for themselves. Yeah, not the private security that protects Davos. No, they're good. Everybody else though. <laughs> um. So workers of note here, I have. Um, you know, my new theme in season two of Proletarian Contrarian, uh, I don't know when we started season two of Proletarian Contrarian, but at some point we did. This year. This year. Let's say it was this year yeah. um, with uh, Spider-Man 3. Um, I just want to highlight uh, unique uh, roles uh, on film sets. Um, and here I am going to highlight a crowd marshals. Um, mm. So one can imagine uh, they are people uh, who um, kind of choreograph crowd movement in crowd shots um there's some crowd scenes um the the chase sequence uh the rooftop chase sequence yep. there's crowds on the ground at like a farmer's market watching johnny depp um like slowly lumber over the uh the shingled uh roofs do boomer energy parkour <laughs> across the roof <laughs> um and uh there were good crowds uh so
2: wanna the ball the ball scene too
1: yeah the ball scene um there's obviously you know at a ball there's crowds um
2: yeah. I mean, as we know from charlesville marshals are heroes man I yeah love marshals.
1: um so we have uh alessandro brissanello crowd marshal uh marco ferrari crowd marshal damian noguer crowd marshal uh and andrea pasquatine pesqued i don't know i butchered all those um she's sure. an assistant crowd marshal and those last three are uncredited so a special shout out to them yeah for
0: sure good good crowd marshalling everyone um so i guess for our closing thoughts uh broke woke bespoke recommendation we typically do at the end um my broke recommendation is this is just a divorced dad's energy like just on a lazy like i was saying earlier lazy sunday afternoon viewing um, and just want to see like a, a heist movie that's kind of like a, a soft core Bond and just for, for for divorced dads who have seen every Bond movie way too many times and, and want to expand their palette a little bit.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I think it's required that you, for some, for some inexplicable reason, you don't want to or cannot see a Bond film. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you, can, you can watch this yeah. movie.
1: Well, you know, I think all the Bond films are on maybe Amazon Prime now. So if you only have Uh, Netflix... uh, Yeah,
2: there you go. Uh, I think, well,
1: you might only get like the Pierce Brosnan Bonds on on netflix and you get like the, the connery and all the other old guys like you know dalton and whatnot i think on amazon so if you're sick and tired mm. of the bond hierarchy yeah if, it, <laughs> it really is um if you're sick and tired of pierce brosden's the the one where like him and holly berry and like terrible cgi happen um then you can watch the
0: Tourist instead <laughs> i think he's one of his movies is the one with the
1: invisible car in it oh uh, yeah yep hell mm-hmm. yeah yep <laughs> And then there's the good one. I mean, there's GoldenEye as well. Yeah, GoldenEye. Um, So, yeah, our woke recommendation is Divorced Dads. Um, Again, if you're uh, Lazy Sunday, you uh, just want to watch a a metatextual piece about uh, your own emotional distress. Um, I I was thinking specifically
0: like the having a wet dream on the couch and not sleeping in the same bed with the hot woman.
1: scene. Yeah. It's, this is like the, um, they haven't, they haven't divorced yet. This is like the, this is like the, for separated dads, you know, like this. is. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And that works with my bespoke because
0: we have the first tier broke, divorced dad, second tier woke, separated dad, third tier bespoke is reunited dad because he was
1: in control all along and he, he got the, he got the girl back at the end. Yeah. Right. So there you go. That's our bespoke recommendation for reuni- reunited dads. <laughs> um, Paul, do you have any closing
0: thoughts or would you like to plug anything?
2: Uh, just go see certified copy, man. <laughs> <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> plug in certified copy. <laughs> That's Hell all I gotta say, yeah.
0: Well, cool. Um, yeah. Thanks, Paul, for being on this episode with us. It was great.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for the recommendation. Um, I know we've done nothing <laughs> but um, bash this film, but you know, I I didn't hate it, um, and I feel like I've learned a lot about yeah. Florian Graf Hunkel von Donnersmark that I didn't know before. Um, so you know, that was edifying.
2: Yeah, uh, and I I really hope he doesn't call my uh, employers. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah. This was um, all
1: parody. This was all satire. This was all in Minecraft. <laughs> we have to start adding that disclaimer
0: at the beginning of every episode. Um, but yeah, on that note, um, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Florian. And uh, we'll see you everyone next week.
1: Yes. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, uh, German aristocracy, for creating Florian. <laughs> and uh, see you uh, in the in the future.
2: No, thanks. Bye.